uh, you know, I always wanted to start my own speech therapy private practice. And, you know, it took Hurricane Katrina to throw me out of my comfort zone to push me into this realm of starting and growing and scaling a private practice. So again, it's for a specific type of person. And I've also talked to people who say, you know, I want to do this. I want to open my own speech therapy private practice. And then they join the community or they start getting coaching. And then after a couple months, they get a little complacent. They don't interact with the group. They start doing other things or not being as accountable to their own actions. They're not being honest with themselves and they kind of just fizzle out and and it's just the same idea over and over. Solid, Solid. sustaining and successful. You're listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast with your host, Kyle Meads, speech and language pathologist. Listen, learn and prosper as we share our experience and knowledge so that you can improve your business and your life one podcast at a time. Well, hello, everyone. You're listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast. This is episode number 37. My name is Kyle Meads, and I'm a speech pathologist since 1993. And these podcasts are designed to help you improve your business and your life one podcast at a time. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thanks again for all the emails and all the questions and all the feedback. And as of today, today is Sunday, April 8th, 2018. We have well over 31,182 listeners to the show. And I'm super happy you guys are out there getting good, valuable, free information. And you know me, I said every single episode, value is what you get in the absence of money. These podcasts are absolutely free for you. So if you wouldn't mind, please go to your Android platform or your iOS platform of choice and leave some good five-star feedback. That way, other people just like you can get the same valuable information that you're receiving. And I would really appreciate that. That way, other people can get the same help and assistance that you're getting off of these podcasts. Again, when I first started out, I just didn't see or hear or find anything on the web except for, you know, some PDFs and things like that. So I wanted to change that. And as I slowly grew and improved my own business, I wanted to just go ahead and and share that information. So that's what I'm doing on these podcasts. And we have, you know, listeners now from all over the world. It's really cool to see who's out there. You know, United States is topping the charts, but lately, you know, the Japanese are coming up there and we've got Australia on the top of the list. We have India, United Kingdom, Canada, Germany, South Africa, and the Republic of Korea. And when you break it down in the United States from the, uh, a state standpoint, we've got California topping the charts, then Texas, New York, Florida, Arizona, Illinois, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Georgia. So again, I'm happy you guys are out there. If you have any questions or if you want to know more about speech therapy, private practice, just simply go to privateslp.com forward slash contact. You can reach me there and I'm willing to help you. And so I wanted to talk to you today about the fear of succeeding. Now that might sound a little bit counterintuitive because a lot of people are just scared to fail. But you know, when you start your own speech therapy, private practice, or when you're growing it and scaling it, I mean, there's a lot of fear because when you do something one time, you need to do it over and over and over. So the stakes just get higher and higher and higher. And if you look at success, success is actually more complex than failing. You know, the flow chart for failure is simply, you know, you try something, you fail and you're done. 
But the flow chart for success, it can be really, really complex. You know, for example, you start something, you know, you start your own private practice, you know, you see some patients in the home or, you know, the home and community setting or your office, and then you, you know, you might lease a space and then you start to make a small profit. You save that money so you can hire other employees and then you hire an employee and then you save more money and you grow it. You know, that's success. That's when you just opened yourself to a new set of growth opportunities. And those growth opportunities, you know, for me, those things are very, very scary. They can be, it makes a person sort of fearful. You know, you've got employees and you've got management. You've got compliance issues. You know, I speak to a lot of people in the private practice world and they have fear of compliance issues and service delivery and taxes and and, and problems with billing and credentialing and payroll, legal issues and employment issues and and just the list goes on and on. But that's success. That's what's going to take me, obviously, to another level with my own private practice, but also it's going to help me grow and push me into those areas that I really don't want to be pushed into. And again, let me say this, being successful and having your own speech therapy private practice, it takes a certain type of person to want to do this. Now, there's nothing wrong with being an employee, working for the same company or multiple companies for multiple years. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's a simple, good, consistent life where you can go to work you know, for a set amount of days and a set amount of time and you get, you know, a paycheck and you get benefits and you get your caseload and you get everything done for your schedule. And, you know, it's very convenient and there's nothing wrong with it. And I did that for years, but there was finally a piece of the puzzle. Uh, you know, I always wanted to start my own speech therapy private practice. And, you know, it took Hurricane Katrina to throw me out of my comfort zone to push me into this realm of starting and growing and scaling a private practice. So again, it's for a specific type of person. And I've also talked to people who say, you know, I want to do this. I want to open my own speech therapy private practice. And then they join the community or they start getting coaching. And then after a couple months, they get a little complacent. They don't interact with the group. They start doing other things or not being as accountable to their own actions. They're not being honest with themselves and they kind of just fizzle out and, and it's just the same idea over and over. And so that's something that when you do start your own private practice, you want to make sure that you get over those humps and that you get over those problems of getting distracted. I've mentioned that in another podcast, you know, the going, you know, after those bright, shiny objects, those BSOs, you know spending too much time on social media, Facebook, Insta, Twitter, YouTube, you know, and it just, it's distractions. So here's some tips on how you can overcome sabotaging yourself uh, when you're starting or growing or scaling your own private practice. I mean, number one, what you can do is you can really grow your reputation in the community. And this takes time or wherever you're working, you know, whatever community you're involved in, you can actually help and change a lot of lives for a lot of people and be of service. So that will help you overcome you know, that sabotaging fear. And the second thing is you can improve your savings account, your bottom line. I mean, 
There's no secret. The more money you save in the bank, the more money you're going to have to grow your business. And that's directly proportional. I mean, you can go out and borrow money, but there's no guarantee that you can pay that loan back. I mean, you might be able to service that loan and make those minimal payments. But again, why would you want to borrow a lot of money when you haven't tested the waters on a smaller scale. That way, when you borrow a lot of money from the banks, you're working for the bank. When you're borrowing money from yourself, you're working for yourself. So that's another thing to remember when you want to overcome sabotaging yourself. A third tip to remember, you can just increase your patient flow. I mean, over time, if you're doing a good job and providing a good quality service, you're going to get more patients and more doctor referrals. You're going to see that patient flow increase and improve. Also, a fourth thing you can do to overcome fear and self-sabotage, I mean, you can just take care of yourself physically or mentally and emotionally. I mean, physically, you can hire a personal trainer, you can work out, you can eat well, you can exercise, you can set off time, you know, set aside time during the week to take care of you. I mean, I love to go to the gym. I'm not a big weightlifter, but I do like to get my cardio on. I like to exercise and run. I love to hit that treadmill and I like to steam and I like to sit in that jacuzzi. I like to go to the JCC. It's here in Tucson. It's a place where I like to go work out. And I do that on a regular basis. And I do notice when I'm not taking care of myself physically, you know, my mental state, you know, I get a little fearful and I get a little worried. I get a little bit squirrely, they call it. But you know, I got to get back into my routine. Now, mentally and emotionally, you can take care of yourself. You can attend seminars and there's nothing better than getting on a plane, going to a foreign country and working with others and meeting new people and working with other people and getting a new perspective on different ways to run and scale and grow a business. You can also meet other professionals through, you know, closed communities like private SLP forward slash membership there. You know, you can get one-on-one coaching with me and also meet other professionals and receive feedback from others too. So also, you know, besides, you know, getting coaching or attending seminars, you know, you can block out time in your week and you can have a you know a certain day once a month where you can just disappear from the office if you've got everything in place you can disappear and take care of yourself so that's another tip the fifth tip would be maybe realize that you can't please everybody now we are in a helping profession we love to help people we like to fix things that's just what speech language pathologists do that's our personality trait and if you go back to graduate school you know when they select people for our profession That's something that they look at. You know, do you have that helping gene, that helping trait? So again, there's nothing more scary and worrisome and fearful when, you know, we get a negative feedback. I mentioned that on one of my previous podcasts, you know, dealing with negative feedback. You know, we want to please and help everybody, but sometimes you just can't please everybody. But the more that you go through, the more that I go through these scenarios of negative feedback or criticism, it really helps us grow so we can change and, you know, alter our way we do business. I mean, recently we had a parent that came into the clinic and she was upset and she posted some negative feedback, you know, and 
my default is, you know, run and hide. Let's just run and hide and pretend like that never happened. But, you know, it was six o'clock in the evening and I simply just picked up the phone and I spoke to the mother and I said, hey, this is Kyle. I'm the owner of the clinic and I really appreciate the fact that you left me some feedback. She says, oh, you know, I'm really sorry. I normally don't leave negative feedback. And I said, no, I'm glad you did because it's going to help me improve our overall service delivery and systems that we use and we have put in place to provide service. So in the mom, at the end of the conversation, not only was she grateful that I took the time out of my schedule to call her, but you know she got the help she needed. I got the help that I needed because we're all learning at the end of the day. Nobody's perfect. And because of that, you know, it's given me a chance to grow as a clinic owner and to do a better job to help our patients. So really negative feedback in itself or, you know, realizing that you can't please everybody and you can't can't do it all the time for everybody. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I mean, good things come out of everything, I think, maybe just not on the timeline that I want it to happen on. So, and you know, lastly, when I'm taking these notes and writing things down, you know, the sixth tip would be just the fear of becoming that person, that business owner. A lot of people are scared to succeed and become that crazy business owner where you're always attached to your phone. You know, I remember the days of the blueberry. Remember, folks, way back in the day, the big red light, they used to call it the crackberry. You know, the red light would blink and it's like, oh man, I got another message. I got another message. Or you see people who work in long-term care who are maybe, you know, going up the ladder, not just speech pathologists, but they might be in charge of an area or, you know, a couple of states and they're always on the phone and always on emails and always on calls and always on webinars and dealing with problems. But it doesn't have to be that way because when I put systems in place and people in place, you know, that's kind of a buffer between me and other people and consumers. And so again, that fear of becoming that person, that business owner is not always what I think it's going to be. You know, it doesn't have to be crazy and just you know, always tied to the phone and always tied to the internet. I mean, you want to think about it is adding something. I mean, this ain't homework, folks. You know, it's not all about subtraction. It's about adding value. And you want to think about it is adding you where you can help other people, where you can help families in need, where you can help other entities in your community, like donating money to a soccer team or a softball team or helping out a local charity or working in a food bank, giving back to the local community, paying taxes. Yes, paying taxes. What a blessing to have the gift of being able to pay more taxes, right? To be a part of the local community, you know, a thriving business in the community. So, you know, you help employees, they get the insurances and health insurances, vision, dental, 401k with a match. They get what they need. They get a paycheck. They get patients that they can help. And again, this couldn't be possible unless you start your business and do it the right way. So if you need help with starting, growing, scaling your own speech therapy private practice, hit me up. Go to privateslp.com forward slash membership. Also, if you're kind of in a rut, you're in a, you've got your own private practice, but you're having trouble with billing and collections or maybe even getting credential, we have a service. We have a SEPIC company that does that too. Just go to privateslp.com forward slash billing. And as always, I hope you're getting valuable information out of these podcasts. And if there's anything I can do, please reach out to me at Kyle at privateslp.com. And as always, Thank you for listening. 
Thank you for listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast. For more information on Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup or to stay connected with Kyle, please visit privateslp.com.